Well, thanks for joining me. I'm delighted to be able to just take a moment right now and pray. Let's pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy and and we'll pray for whatever your needs are, whatever your intentions are. I want to pray for those who are battling COVID. My producer, Maggie, Maggie, we're praying for you. I got a text this morning with a rapid test and Maggie indicated that she has come down with COVID. And just to give you a little perspective, I hope I'm not giving too much information out. Maggie had COVID before. She had it, like she was the OG, right? She had it, uh, she was one of the originals to uh, have COVID back in probably 2020. Uh, Maggie has been vaccinated. And then, of course, just let us know today that she tested positive. So this COVID is just weird, isn't it? I mean, it's bizarre. You have somebody who's had natural immunity and you have had somebody who's been vaccinated, you know, with, with two shots at least, and yet still has come down with uh, with COVID-19. So I want to pray for her. I know how how difficult um, this can be and um, it's tough. She's been through it and I'm hoping this will be a light round since she's has natural immunity and a vaccination on top of it also. We'll lift her up and I want to lift you up, whatever your intentions are. If you want to join me too, let me uh, remind you, you might be new to the show. Every afternoon at this time, we pray the prayer known as the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. It's a prayer that was given to uh, the first saint of the new millennium, Saint Faustina. And it was given to her in the 1930s by Jesus himself. And she was praying uh, this prayer after seeing an angel an angel of wrath that was sent by God to chastise the city for the sins of this particular city. And experts say, you know, uh, many who have evaluated both the diary and, and Faustina's writings and, and knew her believe that the sin that was being chastised was the sin of abortion. Uh, and that angel was going to destroy the abortion capital of all of Europe at the time. And today in particular, I want to pray for the state of New Jersey. I want to pray for Roe v. Wade. I want to pray for an end to the culture of death. I had shared a little bit earlier today that um, the state of New Jersey is now going to permit abortion right up until birth. You know, and you don't even have to be a medical doctor to be able to perform these abortions. That's how macabre, how dark, how sinister, how evil this is. I, I also came across just a stunning stat that, that abortion is the top cause of death worldwide for the third year in a row. The third year in a row, 43 million abortions performed last year, 40 Three million. What calls down the justice of God? What calls down his vengeance? What causes down uh, his his, his justice? It's clearly the sin. I don't think there's, there's one more grave. You know, I often think back to scripture. I think about what happened in Nineveh. I think about what happened in the cities of Gomorrah and Sodom and what scripture tells us. You know, I think about what happened in, in Poland you know, with that angel of wrath. I, I, I take a look at so many of these different places. This is a prayer that we're about to pray that will help defeat that culture of death. It, it'll hold back the hand of God's justice and it will invoke his mercy. It'll bring healing to any woman or any man who's been involved in this because the Lord said, the greater the sinner, the greater the right you have to my mercy. And God's mercy is so great. He wants to envelop you and love you and forgive you. All you have to do is turn to him. It'll also bring about the conversion of those workers. So I want to pray for our country as Roe v. Wade, I believe, will fall this year. Uh, and I just want to pray that God in his mercy will not chastise the world in light of all that we're seeing. Abortion, the top cause of death, the number one cause of death worldwide, third year in a row. And that's at our own hand. Wow. It's, to me, it's just it's, it's stunning. It's mind-numbing. 
You know, you ought to meditate on that and just meditate on how merciful God really is. He told St. Faustina, before I come as a just judge, I first come as a merciful savior. But woe to those of you who do not recognize this time of my visitation. This is the time of God's mercy. I'm convinced of it. I really believe that. Let's pray. We'll pray for you. We'll thank God for his mercy today too, which is so great, so unfathomable that no mind, be it human or angelic, will ever be able to fathom the depths of it, not through all eternity. That's what St. Faustina revealed. All right, I'm joined today by my my colleague, Lucas Holtz, great producer uh, of the Kel Clark Show, and it's good to have him here with us as well. Uh, good to have you with me, Lucas. Anything you want to pray for as we kick it off today? Drew, it's great to be here with you. Um, yeah, I'd like to pray for teachers. Um, look, trying to teach in normal times is difficult, let alone yeah. in times of COVID and then dealing with the politics of COVID. It can be just really stressful. So for all teachers to have strength, to have wisdom, and for peace. Great prayers. All right, we'll begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. That I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin, Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Our first call today comes from Virginia, listening to us in Oceanside, California. Virginia, good afternoon. Hi. Hi, good afternoon, Drew. First of all, thank you so much again for taking my prayer, and thank you for everything that you and the staff do for all of us and supporting us and encouraging us in the faith. Thank you. Um, I'm, uh -huh, I'm calling for a friend's friend's husband, actually, uh, a young father. He's around 41 years old. His name is Brian, and he was taking down Christmas um, decorations at their house, and he fell off the ladder, um, banged his head on some shelving and then on the floor. So he suffered some pretty severe brain trauma um, and head injuries. So if we could just please add him to the list for complete recovery and no long lasting effects of brain injury and traumatic brain injuries, um, that would be very much appreciated. He has two younger kids ages around nine and seven and a wife and of course everybody um, in their family very concerned um, 
And I also want to offer up a prayer for my mom, who she lives with me, and she just tested positive for COVID, but oh, wow. she's very strong in spirit and feisty, and she's got very <laughs> mild, mild cold symptoms. Great. So praying for her full recovery as well. Amen to that. We're with you here, Virginia. We're joining you in prayer. I love that. We'll pray especially for your mother for prompt and total recovery and for a robust immune system. But I do want to pray for, um, for the, the, you know, yesterday we had a lot of these calls too for your friend's husband who had that major falling accident. I've heard about somebody who broke their neck the other day, people with head trauma. I received an email before coming into the show today. I was going through the show emails. Many of you have written to me. This person says, you pray for Caroline. She's 22 years old and passed away this morning in an accident with my nephew Chandler. His brain injury is worse than initially thought and the Nora report wasn't comforting. He's also having a lung, a breathing issue and not responding to some of the stimulus exams. And for my brother and sister-in-law who say it's getting harder and heavier. And of course, for her parents who are friends of mine, uh, thank you. Uh, and we will certainly pray, you know, again, 22-year-old passing away this morning in an accident, uh, those with head trauma and brain injury. Lord, I just ask for your healing touch. I ask that you comfort those who mourn, that you wipe away their tears, you fill their hearts with peace. And Lord, I just ask that you, you work in a miraculous way today for those who are crying out to you, that they can feel your presence and see the fruit of this prayer as we pray. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. And also I want to share just the request of Matt Kaiser. He's a colleague of mine here at the network. And he says, he says, uh, two friends, Jack and Mary, um, they had their second child a few weeks ago. And in a follow-up appointment, they learned that Mary uh, has stage four cancer and has to start chemo this week. Uh, They have two children under two and they are absolutely reeling from the news. And uh, Matt, we're, we're more than glad to pray for this intention. I want to pray for anyone who's facing cancer, especially for those mothers who have young children. You know, my wife's aunt and my wife's cousin who had two beautiful children too. She died. God called her home. It was cancer that was the mechanism that God used to bring her back, back home. But it's so hard for a mother. It's so hard for a father knowing they're leaving their family behind. So I just want to pray for those in those situations that God's mercy will just prevail. Uh, Rachel in Wade Park, Minnesota. Good afternoon. I'm sorry, Rochelle. Good afternoon. God's blessing, Drew. Thanks, Thank Rochelle. you for taking my call. I would like prayers, please, for my sister-in-law, Lynette, suffering from pancreatic cancer, for many hearts to come to know the hearts of the Holy Family, and for those traveling to the pro-life marches this month. Oh, what a great prayer. For Thank safety. you. Thanks, Rochelle. Let's definitely, we'll pray for this pancreatic cancer too, Lord. You can vanquish cancer cells in a heartbeat, and I ask for your divine touch. For those battling cancer today, waiting test results, going through chemo, radiation, treatment, immunotherapy, whatever it is, I ask that healing uh, be prevalent today, Lord, that it prevail. 
And we just thank you in advance for the miraculous results and answers that we're going to see. I pray for those who are standing up for life. And again, I pray for our country uh, that we can one day um, respect life from the moment of conception through natural death. I pray for all those making these sacrifices for their safety and for blessing on them as we pray. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, Julie is listening in St. Cloud, Minnesota, and then Patrick will join us with some Twitter intentions. Hi, Julie. Hi, Drew. Thank you for taking my call. I wanted to send a prayer of Thanksgiving. My brother-in-law had COVID pretty severely and was intubated in the hospital in December, and he was actually able to go home for Christmas. He has seven children, so thank the Lord that he was okay. And then also, I would like to say a prayer for the soul that's been in purgatory the longest that may join God in heaven. It's such a beautiful prayer. Thank you, Drew. Thank you. I want to pray for your needs, okay? I know you prayed for everybody else, but it's such a beautiful, beautiful prayer. And Lord, I do pray for those who've gone before us. I pray for the hour of death, the last breath that all of our loved ones who've died before us have taken, that you would meet them as a merciful Savior. And Lord, if they're in purgatory now, that by virtue of this passion, by this prayer, by the chaplet, you mitigate their purgation. And maybe even by the fruit of this prayer, many souls will be released in the paradise today be our advocates. Um, I, I pray for Julie and all of her personal intentions. I just lift her up and Lord, we thank you for the way that you are working. We thank you for uh, that answer prayer, that Thanksgiving for her brother-in-law. And I just thank you for the many ways you answer our prayers, visible and invisible. Uh, Patrick is joining us right now too on Twitter. He has been monitoring a lot of what's coming in. If you want to put your petitions there, you can always post them at Drew Mariani Show, and we'd love to share a few of them on the air here. Patrick, what's coming in today? Hey, Drew. Yeah, just a reminder, any prayers that are not prayed for on air are still prayed for nonetheless, but here are some of them. Uh, Kathy's praying for peace of mind, for better sleep, and for her husband to be less stressed. Um, Twitter account Desert Moon is praying for for justice for our nation, especially for democracy and truth. Susan is praying for her 53-year-old friend Nancy, who died unexpectedly. Um, Robin is praying for an opportunity to travel to the to a theology of the body conference, and Dee is praying in Thanksgiving for her nephew's cancer, which has shrunk by seventy five percent. I love that. Well, praise God. I love it. Cancer is not bigger than God's mercy, right? And prayer changes things. Lord, we thank you for the way you hear these prayers, and we turn to you now with our own needs as we pray. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. 
for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, our next call comes from uh, Blanca, praying in Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Blanca. Hi, Drew. I just want to thank you for everything you do and all the family and relevant radio. And I'm saying thank you because I called before Christmas and I'm a teacher. And I was requesting for the evaluation to go well. And I just got the results like five minutes ago. So, and I did really well. So I thank you guys. Oh, praise God. And then I have, I'm, uh, my son has learning difficulties. So he can apply always for academic scholarships. Mm-hmm. So I'm applying for financial aid. So for him to go to uh, high school. So I'm praying for that. Maybe the Lord, even the more people are more needed than my, I am. But, you know, whatever help God wants to send me. And the people that have COVID, may God bless them. Thank you well, so much. First of all, congratulations. I remember your call, and I'm so happy <laughs> that it all worked out for you. I, I knew it would, and I'm so happy for you. Let's pray for Thank that you. financial blessing that you need to, okay? I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting that support, that aid. And Lord, I just, right now, I ask that uh, pray for her son to get that financial aid they need. I pray for those, Lord, who are struggling. Financial crosses are heavy, and they're so difficult, and so often... There's no light at the end of that tunnel. Uh, And Lord, I just, I ask that you pierce that darkness. You shower those who are seeking for a change in their finances with your providence and with your blessing and with new opportunity and new new beginnings, maybe new jobs, surprises, Lord. I pray that today. I do. And I pray for for Blanca that she may have another answered prayer uh, to report. And I just give you her needs and I give you all those who are united with me in prayer now as we turn to you. We pray, eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, our next call. Maybe I'll take one or two more calls if I can. Let's go to uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mercedes is praying with us there. Hi, Mercedes. Hi, Drew. I ask for prayers of healing for my brother-in-law diagnosed with a rare blood disorder Mm -hmm. and a niece diagnosed with a rare arthritic autoimmune disease. Thank you. You got it. We're going to lift that up right now, Mercedes. Thank you for calling in. I'm going to add your intentions uh, along with Marks, who's joining us now in Greenville, Wisconsin. Mark, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, my intention is for my uh, sister-in-law, who's having surgery on Thursday, to remove part of her colon, and hopefully they will get everything because uh, she's early diagnosed with colon cancer. 
and for her husband, my brother, who has been away from the Catholic faith his whole adult life. Oh, wow. All right. That he can well, find it back, come back to it. Well, he will. Thank you. Hey, Mark, you got it, Mark. We'll, we'll pray for that cancer of that surgery. But, I, you know, and I say this every day because I really believe it. I mean, there's the one prayer that I know God always hears and answers, and that's that prayer of conversion. And you may not see it, you know, in your own life, but you keep praying for, for that brother or brother-in-law or mother or father or sibling or whoever it is in your life. And God will give those souls graces. He will put the right person in their path. He will give them special graces and situations that will draw them to them. He always respects our free will. There's no doubt about that. But I know that this is a prayer, especially the prayer of the chaplain, brings about great conversion. And uh, just we'll, we'll pray, especially for that intention, Mark. Let me add Julie in Appleton uh, or Green Bay. I don't know where she is. She's in Wisconsin. Julie, good afternoon. Hi, Drew. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I'd like prayers for the repose of the soul of a, of a friend who passed away this morning from COVID and the complications of that. Prayers for his family and his wife. Um, prayers for those who are fighting cancer. I have a lot of friends right now who are fighting cancer. And prayers for you and Relevant Radio for all you do. Thank you. Well, th- thank you, Julia. Uh, we'll lift up those intentions, especially those who are in critical condition right now. I, I was... Um, I ran an errand earlier today. I bumped into my neighbor, and, and her um, her husband's a physician. And um, you know, she, she said that he, he's back in the hospital, and he's seeing a loss of life. They're losing a, you know a person every day from COVID. Uh, so you know, I know many people downplay Omicron, but still a lot of people, uh, you know, with comorbidities and other ailments, God is calling home. So, Lord, I do pray for all those approaching the threshold of eternity. I know we were created to live forever, to be with you, and I. Just ask for those special graces that those souls need. And I ask for the hour of our own death. When you come to call us home, that you'll meet us as a merciful Savior and not as a just judge. And let me grab one more call here, too. Margaret is in Chicago. Margaret, good afternoon. Hi, Drew. Thank you for all you do. And um, thank you for taking my call. And you and your family are are in my prayers as well. I just want to pray for um, a friend's nephew who took his life on Saturday night and um, for the pose of his soul and um, especially for his family. Obviously, they're in a lot of pain. And I'd also like to pray um, for everyone to return to Jesus and for all those people that have no one to pray for them. Thank you very much for taking my call. You got it, Margaret. Thank you. I want to pray for you and for your intentions too. And especially for that family that's lost their loved one uh, you know by suicide it's so hard really it's just so hard and I, Lord, I pray for anyone right now who doesn't think life is worth living who's contemplating harming themselves or taking their life but I want to pray for those uh, mothers too who are contemplating taking the life of their child I just ask by virtue of this prayer that life be protected today that hope can fill the hearts of those who are troubled by anxiety and depression. That fear can be vanquished. Then I give you everyone right now who's on hold with me, everyone who has written to me, everyone united to me in prayer, wherever they may be right now. As we turn to you and we offer you the great passion of your son, we ask for your mercy. Eternal Father, 
We offer you the body and blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, Look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us so that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Our Lady Queen of Heaven, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Help, pray for us. Mother of Mercy, pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Faustina, pray for us. Saint John Paul II, pray for us. Saint Peregrine, pray for us. Saint Jose Maria Escriva, pray for us. Saint Patrick, pray for us. Blessed Michael Sapochko, pray for us. All you angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lucas, for praying with me. Such a pleasure to pray with you, and thank you for praying with me as well. A little bit later this week, just a quick programming note. There is going to be a Mass offered for you coming up. There's a quarterly Mass offered for the family of Divine Mercy Intercessors. So I know you intercede with me every day. Know that the power of that Mass will be offered for your intentions a little later in the week. Please continue to pray for all the intentions you heard. Please write to me. We want to pray for you. Send me especially those answered prayers. I want to just give praise to God for his glory and his mercy. And and, uh, you can write to me, Drew, at relevantradio.com. All right, I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, um, I don't know how much you read. And I'd love to hear what you read. Maybe there's a great book you want to suggest. But according to Gallup, America's Americans, I should say, are actually reading fewer books than in the past. I'll give you the numbers. Stay with me. Need some hope as a reminder that everything will be okay? Stay with us. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Today's programming is brought to you by St. Gregory Recovery Center in Iowa. More information about their faith-centered addiction treatment is available at relevantradio.com slash stgregory. From the Golden Gate Bridge to the Brooklyn Bridge, Drew Mariani is on your radio now. Your life connected coast to coast, coast, to coast. on Relevant Radio. Yeah, good to be with you today. Thanks for tuning in. 
Thanks for allowing me to be part of your afternoon. If you're new to the show, I'd suggest, you know, set it to the radio station you're currently listening to, or if you listen on the app, we have a lot of people around the nation and even around the world uh, tuning into the broadcast on the mobile app. Great way to evangelize, simple thing to do. And I would love this. If everyone listening who's using the app right now, if you just forward that to one other person who's not listening, what a great way to introduce them into solid Catholic programming. You know, you know this show. Every show here on the network is a little bit different. My show is a current event-driven show, and I try to look at the events of the day and uh, what's happening in your world through the eyes of faith, give you kind of a moral perspective on some of those complex issues. You know, immigration's a tough one, gun control, critical race theory, you know, the environment, climate change, you name it. We take a look at everything, you know, everything, everything uh, you can imagine, and there's always a... you know, there's always something to talk about, that's for sure. You know, somebody says, well, how do you find so much stuff to talk about? Believe me, there's no shortage. Huh? It's amazing when, when you look back and you think about that. Yeah, in fact, one of the things I, I want to talk about today, and I've never talked about this before, uh, but I, I saw a Gallup poll earlier today, and it dealt with um, uh, the fact that people aren't reading as much. And I don't know, when was the last time you read a book? You might, oh, I'm in a great one right now. I mean, when was the last time you read a book? Maybe not even all of a book, but just part of a book. When was the last time you've done it? Maybe you started it and you're like, ah. Now, you're probably saying you read my book on Divine Mercy. So, okay, congratulations. Then you've you've read it recently. If I had to recommend a book, maybe we'll do that a little bit later. Give me the best you know, spiritual book you could recommend. I love that. Uh, and look, I don't think you can get them anymore because they're, they're now out of print. But um uh, the Divine Mercy is a, is, is a great read. There's so many great books out there. Um, Gallup did this poll. Um, and, and chances are, uh, you know, that you have uh, maybe fallen into the same trend as many other Americans. Uh, people just aren't reading. Since 1990, they, they've been asking people uh, every few years how many books they've read in the, in the last year. And the numbers have averaged, oh, I don't know, around 15 I don't know, 15 a year, give or take a few. That, that's, to me, it's a lot of books, right? Uh, it's more than a book a month, right? So uh, not last year, though. Last year, the American Gallup asked, uh, I, I guess they said they, they only read a little more than 12 books. So we're down three books, right? Now you're down to a book a month. Uh, they included physical books as well as electronic and recorded books in their survey. And I have to wonder, you know, how many, you know, <laughs> it would have been if, if you, they only included physical books, you know. Um, you know, my, my, my wife is an avid reader. I mean, she reads all of the time. But she, you know, she used to read books, but now she everything's on her on her iPad, you know. So everything is an e-book, you know. Um, a lot of people love these recorded books, too, these books on tape. You know, you do your work, and you can, you can listen to a book. So they're counting those as well. But the numbers were down in all demographic groups as well. Older people generally tended to, to read uh, more books than younger people. Uh, but people 55 and older, they read nearly five fewer books last year than they had before. College graduates, right? They read six fewer books than before. And the women who tend to read, you know, the women, I, this is not me saying this, this is the Gallup poll. Women tend to read more than men. They read nearly four fewer books. Um, I wonder why that is, you know, um, why women read more books than men, but Gallup said that they, they weren't sure why this is happening, whether it's because of the internet, 
or maybe COVID or what. I would have thought COVID would have given the people a lot more time on their hand. You know, you're laying in bed recovering from it or you're out of work, you know. You're probably going to read more. My my producer today, Patrick Alog, says he read much more uh, during the pandemic uh, than he has before. But I think the internet, I think TV, I think streaming, I think there's a lot of factors. Uh, maybe they looked at the stats for how much people are watching online. They might get some perspective. YouTube, and, and, and this is striking to me, YouTube has 2 billion people looking at it every month. 2 billion with a B, watching a billion hours of content every day. 20% of them here in the U.S. Uh, Netflix, I don't know if you have a Netflix account, still a lot of people I know have canceled theirs recently, but they have more than 200 million subscribers. You know, we're what, a population 330 million, something in that ballpark. Um, 74 million of them in the U.S. And, and Canada. Disney has 118 million users, Disney Plus, I should say. But uh, that's just that's just three of the top online you know video content providers. So um, I don't think it's any real secret what's drawing people away from reading. The question is, what are people missing out on when they are watching TV rather than reading? And, you know, I'll be honest, um, you know, I read a lot, but I don't have time always to sit down and read books. It's hard for me. I mean, I host a three-hour national talk show. And the amount of issues I cover from quantitative easing today to this Gallup poll requires a lot of a lot of prep and, um, you know, a lot of reading. So I read constantly but I'm not always in the book. So we'll talk about it today. And I thought there's nobody better to get into the conversation than a major bibliophile, a lover of books, and president of Ignatius Press, Mark Brumley. And you can check him out and get some really good books at ignatius.com. Great, great publisher there. And uh, check them out. I think you'll find some really worthy uh, reading. Hey, Mark, good to have you back. Good afternoon. Good to be with you. This is my first time with you in 2022. I'm excited. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Love to have you. You're one of my favorites. And, um, you know, of course, I, I'm going to talk to you about books. Uh, you know, you are a lover of books. Let me ask you, I'm sure you're going to skew the average. How many books do you read? You, you know, a month or a year. I mean, the average was was down or a book a year right now, they're saying. But how many books a year do you read? Boy, it's hard. it's hard to judge. So if I set aside manuscripts because you know part of my job is to read book manuscripts right yeah yep. so we're just talking about what i read on my own and uh if it's if it's like a significant part of a book uh probably somewhere between 30 or 40 books a year wow uh if it's just you know the whole book i'd probably be somewhere maybe 25 something like that well, you know you read manuscripts you say i'm just curious um a little bit off tangent here but what do you look for in a good in a good book when you read these manuscripts that you ultimately will go ahead and, and publish? Is it the saleability of the book? Oh, this is really going to resonate. Is it original content? I mean, what is it that you look at that that resonates with you and you say, "Wow, that that's a really good work. We're going to do well with this one." Uh, well, varies. Um, so I'm part of a team. We have an acquisitions team. So what resonates with me doesn't necessarily mean it's you know what's going to work with somebody else. But I mean, I guess the fundamental question we ask when we get a manuscript is, will this manuscript serve the mission of Ignatius Press, which is a mission to further the work of the church, either specifically in proclaiming the gospel or helping to form a culture that is receptive to and supportive of living the gospel. So that's that's what we look at, first of all. Will this book 
help us fulfill our mission. And then, you know, you look at questions, how well written is it? Um, you know, this may, people may not believe this. They may say, this sounds pietistic. Um, but we, we do take into consideration, is the book going to sell? But right. that's not the principle, you know, out of the gate, we don't say, oh, well, if it's not going to sell, we're not going to publish it. You know, we do publish a certain number of books that, let's say they're not on the New York Times bestseller list and then other books do incredibly well. So we kind of try to balance that out and all of that. So that's, it's mainly, you know, what's going to advance the mission of the church and what's going to help form a culture that advances the mission of the church. So, you know, this is your area of expertise. Give me your analysis on what you think is happening. I mean, these reports have been coming out for years about the diminishing, rate of people uh, reading. Um, I think 24% of American adults haven't read a book in the past year. I think that was a report from last year, and I'm sure the number might be even further down. But um, what's your perception as to why this is happening? Why aren't people reading like they used to? Well, I think that the percentage of people who aren't reading any books is is maybe up a bit, but it's not a huge uh, factor here. What What is of concern is the people who read a lot of books are still reading many books, but they're reading fewer books. And so why is that going on now? Of course, the optimistic answer is, well, they, they're actually just reading longer or more difficult books, right? So it's yeah, they're true. longer books, so it takes them longer to read a book. So that means they're going to do fewer books in a year, or they're reading a more difficult book that they're thinking through and mulling over. And that means they're going to do read fewer books in a year. I don't think that's likely to happen. That's probably not the explanation for most people. I think it's it's a factor. Even readers, people that read lots of books, they're distracted by other things increasingly. Sort of a, some of the things you mentioned. What percentage of these people now are reading more non-book stuff online? You know, what percentage mm-hmm. of these people now are watching more things on video? Is it after? COVID, uh, you know, people you say, yeah, people, you think people during COVID would, would read more, and perhaps some people did read more, but I think a lot of people watched the news more. They got involved with, with, with television viewing of all kinds, internet viewing, YouTube, and all of that, perhaps more than they otherwise were doing before, and it's carried over. And so that's probably, you know, impacted how many books people, people read on average among book readers last year. Uh, I wonder if attention spans are just getting shorter too, you know, Ooh, right I think now. That's, yeah. I think that's a good point. I, I have found myself challenged, um, when it comes to attention span on reading books. Uh, when I, when I do a lot of internet reading for an extended period of time, if there's, you know, something big happening in the world or in the church's news, and I'm following a lot of things online. I mean, I try to follow stuff online every day, but mm-hmm. you know, when you when you do it for a long period of time and a concentrated uh, effort, say over a week or so, then then when I you know have to read, uh, when I in addition to my work reading, which is manuscript reading, if I have to if I try to read beyond that, I find my attention span is diminished. So I have to kind right, of right. work to overcome that. That's so true. Yeah, I remember, I think it was 2015, it was uh, it was several years ago, there was a Time Magazine article, and the headline always made me, it gave, made me chuckle, it says, you now have a shorter attention span than a goldfish, and they did this, <laughs> they, they did this piece on it, and they said the average attention span, um, 
you know, for the notoriously ill-focused goldfish, they say is nine seconds. But according to a new study that was done by, I think it was Microsoft Corp, uh, people generally lose con con concentration after eight seconds. And it highlights yeah. the effect of this digitized, you know, digitalized lifestyle on the brain. Uh, you know, the stimuli that we get, the attention span, I mean, you know, if my internet doesn't open fast enough for me, right? If I if I can't get that article downloaded quick enough, I mean, you, you get so frustrated anymore. It's it's pretty amazing what's happening with attention span. I think that's a lot. Yeah, to it is really. And and I again, I have to do things, discipline myself, and engage in certain practices to kind of counteract that because otherwise I'd never get anything done. I got to read a manuscript. You know, I can't. I agree. You know, play video games or whatever. And when I'm doing that's other so true. things. It, it, you know, it still affects the mind, you know, how the brain is wired. So, And people are, you know, they're streaming too. You know, we, we live in a new era too, where, you know, you just have to, you know, you had destination viewing. And if you wanted to watch Friends or, or you know, Seinfeld or your favorite show or your soap opera or the news, you know, you had to watch at a specific time on a specific channel. Now you can stream anything, anytime, and really on any device. So, you know, the digital landscape is changing. The way people consume and, and, and read is radically changing. I have to take a short pause. We're going to come back to it. Let me open the phones. And I also want some suggestions from you, Mark. I know Ignatius puts out a lot of great works. Um, your top reads for this year, for 2022, what would you suggest uh, people pick up if they said, you know what, I haven't read a whole lot. It'd be good to, you know, find some time to do that. Uh, give us your top three, if you could, or four or five, whatever you have. And if you want to join us, you've got a question, a comment, you've read something you think is worth sharing with everyone else, I'll let you in. I only have a few minutes here, though. The number, 888-914-9149. You can call now. I'll be right back. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Well, thanks for joining us. It's good to be with you today. Gallup has come out with a new poll. It found that Americans are reading fewer books than in the past, and there are a growing number of people who simply just not reading anymore. No set reasons for why this occurs. I mean, some are focused, you know, some are forced to read. If you're in school, you have to, right? Uh, others, you know, don't read books. They read news articles or blog posts, uh, uh, but not necessarily books. Um, uh, there's a lot of media that is now competing for our time. You know, we can stream anything. As I pointed out, you've got YouTube and You've got uh, all sorts of you know, digital sources for, for entertainment, but I, I think it's I think it's telling, and I think it is good to you know sometimes shut off the TV, close the computer screen. We know the connection it sometimes has with depression and attention span and a whole lot of other things, and sit down with a good book and, and get lost in it. There's some wonderful material out there that you can read, and if you are looking for something in 2022 to read, I thought you know what let's let's throw some suggestions out. And my guest today, Mark Brumley. He is the uh, he's the president of Ignatius Press, a wonderful uh, publishing company here, and you can check him out at ignatius.com. As you heard him say, he goes through you know twenty five manuscripts. I mean, he reads he reads a lot, and uh, major lover of books. And let me let me start with you with this. I mean, you, a lot of stuff comes across your radar, and there's a lot of different genres. So this really is not a a fair question, but you know, if somebody has not picked up a book in, in a long time, um, you know, what's something you've read recently? You said, wow, this is a must. 
a must. Um, <clears throat> so general or something you really think, enjoy. You know, um, Ted Shree's book, uh, The Art of Living. Uh, you know, I a lot of the content in that book I've read from other things, other sources, and all of that. He does a great job of pulling all this together. What it means, how to live well, how to live virtuously, how to grow in virtue, how to overcome vices. It and it's written at a you know very accessible level as Ed, Edward Shree tends to do. S R I is uh, is his last name. I just found that you know to be a a very good read. I found it very personally enriching. That's great. So, you know, in terms of spiritual works, it's one of your, your favorites. Anything else? Yeah. And then I think Cardinal Pell, you know, this is one we publish, oh, yeah. uh, Cardinal yeah. Pell's Prison Journals, three volumes. I have those. Um, we just published the third version, a third volume. And in volume three is, you know, story of what, what happened when he was released from prison, you know, wrongly in prison for over a year, uh, accused of uh, sexual misconduct. Uh, which was false, um, but you know, here highly placed man of the church winds up in jail uh, for over a year, as I say, and and the three volumes are his spiritual reflections on on what what that meant and, and so on. But volume three, I just found it to be very moving, very insightful. Uh, he he's got fun stuff in there too, where he is a sort of running commentary on um, <laughs> TV evangelists. Uh, and they're preaching, but yeah, yeah. He watched Joel like Osteen, right? He, he, he was, did. He, was tuned, he did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I had him on the air. We spoke to him about the first book that came out, then the second, and I know he's in the states recently. But that is really yeah. a good read. I think people will enjoy that very, very much. I have both yeah. of those. I think I have the first two books. Yeah, no, it's great. So uh, those are kind of things that highlights for me. Of course, I do a lot of uh, uh, reading of the Bible, and I would recommend everybody. Uh, Find out, do a Bible in a Year program, whether it's the program with Father Mike Schmitz from Ascension Press, or you're just doing your own Bible in a Year reading. You know, the Augustine Institute has this wonderful Bible in a Year Bible where it takes each day of the year and gives you a biblical selection and, uh, you know, uh, something from the Old Testament or something from the, uh, you know, narrative uh, parts of the Old Testament and then the Psalms and, and wisdom literature and then the New Testament for every day. Uh, and you will read. The, you'll have the whole Bible read in a year, and it takes about maybe twenty minutes, maybe twenty minutes a day. That's great. Yeah, that's great. We had a caller who called in and says, "Hey, what about Audible? They want to t- talk about other ways to consume books too." I, just a final thought here: Is that where books are going? I, I know a lot of people who are writing books are also doing Audible versions of those. How, how's that yeah. resonating? Is that a pretty big uh, demographic? Yeah, you know, every, when ebooks first came out, everybody thought everything was going to go ebooks, and there are a lot of ebook readers, but there's still, you know, of our overall sales, at first out of the gate, ebooks took off really well, but they're about 5% of our overall sales. Hmm. Audio books, probably a little bit less than that, actually, right now. Oh, really? Uh, most books are print books still for us, and um, I think that's going to be the way it goes. It's going to go. But audio books, whether you're talking about, and we do our audiobooks. We distribute them through Audible. But they're also available on on Form, the digital platform Formed, and some of the other platforms out there. Um, yeah. There's a great deal of interest in audiobooks, especially as people commute or you can listen to a book while you're doing other things. And uh, it's kind of hard to do mm-hmm. when you, to read a book that way. It's a bit of a challenge. So I think that's going to continue to expand. But I, I think that people have not given up on print books, contrary to what some people in the industry thought was going to happen, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. 
That's funny too, isn't it? Yeah, you would have thought that it was dead, you know, because of the digital platforms and that. But there's something about having a book. I have a ton of books, as I'm sure you do. My bookshelves are filled with them, and there's there's something about grabbing a book off a shelf and just seeing it and holding it. I don't know. I, I like books. Books are great. Yeah, me too. Hey, Mark, me too. thank you. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for your time and for your contribution. Look forward to talking to you again in 2022. Now, you as well. God bless you, Drew. Keep up the good work, right, brother. friend. Thank you. That's Mark Brumley. He's the president, as I said, of Ignatius Press, a, uh, a great publisher, a major bibliophile, and doing some great work out there with, with Ignatius. Pa- Patrick, you and I were talking before the broadcast about this. Um, what are you reading right now? I'm reading a couple books right now. I try to keep it where I'm reading a religious book, and I'm also reading a secular book. I'm reading C.S. Lewis's uh, Four Loves. I actually have a box set I bought from a big box store, a C.S. Lewis collection, so I'm going through that. But I'm also reading a sports book, uh, a little biography about um, – or autobiography written by sportscaster Jim Gray talking about how, he, how he's met different athletes and stuff. I haven't started yet. I got it from the library. But, yeah, I try to keep it varied between sports slash – religion so so when do you read you read at night you read in the morning depends on uh when i feel like it like yesterday i was at uh, costco waiting for my tires to be serviced and i was reading there (laughs) you're reading now during the show right um no no (laughs) i'm a good producer here drew i don't do that during the show (laughs) let's go like where's patrick i don't know he's reading he's in his office (laughs) i'm kidding no i'm kidding no it's great well patrick thank you uh for for your your effort here and course for your insights coming up in just a moment here too and i'll, I'll fill you in I, I i do want to talk about we had a call i didn't grab the phone call here but I, i'll address this on the other side of the news um I, there's there's talk about the times in which we live right we're seeing strange celestial signs in the sky right uh, celestial uh, events that won't take place again for hundreds if not thousands of years right uh, we are seeing wars and, and rumors of wars you know look what's happening in, in the ukraine you know with with russia take a look at china and their hypersonic missiles today north korea uh, we uh, you know they, they fired another what they believe is a ballistic missile that's what japan is, is reporting uh, there is turmoil there are natural calamities there are wildfires there are earthquakes a lot of people are wondering about the time in which we live I shared that stat that you know the past three years the number one cause of death is abortion. And when that happens, you wonder how long God will allow something like that to continue to take place. You know, a lot of people have predicted the end of the world. A lot of people have been wrong. Nobody knows the day or the hour, do they? Nobody knows the day or the hour. But when we come back here, I want to talk about the end times trap. And that's something a lot of people fall into. How do you discern the signs of the times? How do you know where we are? Are you chosen? Are you and I, the two, have we been chosen to live at this particular moment in history? There will be a generation where Christ will come back, where he will return. He did tell St. Faustina he has chosen her to be the secretary of his mercy to prepare the world for his return. And the church approved apparitions in Africa. In Rwanda, the Lord gave a very similar message. Are we living in special times? And how do we discern the end time trap? We'll look at that right after this.